Amen. Thank you, Irina. Good morning. Good to see you this morning. And three people understood that I was on the platform already. So I'm glad to understand that. Listen, today is a special day for a couple of reasons. Uh, Susan, could you give me a G chord, please? Today is Arena's birthday. Can we sing happy birthday to her? Happy birthday to to have her. For those of you who are new to us or new for the first time in a long time, probably nobody came further to church today than Arena. She came all the way from the Ukraine. <laughs> and so we're glad uh, to have her. At this moment, I'd like to recognize Brother Bud Babb. Uh, I would like to call the church into a very brief conference for the purpose of nominating two individuals by paper ballot to serve on the nominating committee. I want to read this to you real quickly. Uh, once a year, church members will be allowed to nominate two individuals by paper ballot to serve on the nominating committee. Nominations will be tallied by the deacons and individuals will be contacted in order corresponding to the number of nominations that they receive, highest to lowest. And when we've got four people to place on the ballot, election will be held, and that would be in two weeks. Um, the vote, as I said, will be two weeks from, from today. Um, I'll tell you why we do the nominating committee first, which you've probably figured out already. All other standing committees will be filled by the nominating committee enlisting candidates and recommending them to the church for approval. Uh, members who are 16, age, uh, 16 years of age are eligible to vote. If you fit that category, please raise your hand and the um, fellows back there will be bringing you about. And when you complete your ballot, at all the exits, the men will be there and you can drop those in the plates. And then the deacons will do the count. And the process will start of getting folks. Our church year will begin, the new church year will be September the 1st. We have a lot of things going on to, that we have to be prepared to be ready by that date. So uh, appreciate you being here today. We thank you for your cooperation. And when we come around and ask you to take a job, just go ahead and do that, okay? That's all I got. Can I get a motion to end this thing? I don't think that's a technical right way to say it. All in favor, say aye. Anybody? 
take uh, any uh, problem with that? <laughs> We're done. That. Listen, just a couple of things to claim your attention. Um, we will have a compass meeting on the August the 7th and also a kickoff on the 14th for men's ministry. We'll be having um, our friend Seth Buckley here that day. He'll be preaching in the morning and he'll be speaking to men at night. And we're going to have food, so men, you, don't, you want to put that on your calendar now and don't forget it. I'd like for you to turn your attention to the screens for uh, an announcement about Bible school. Amen. So we'll be having Bible school starting tonight. Bring your kids if you would like to come and volunteer, but you haven't done so yet. You certainly may do that. You can see Paula or Kim, and uh, they'll put you to work. So be sure to do that. Hey, listen, you know, as we were singing the birthday song a little while ago, it came to my mind that we have other people. I know we, we have other people's had birthday, but on Friday... On Friday, oh good night, Pastor Ken Forrester had a birthday, and it was a great birthday because uh, he didn't hear from me at all that day, and so yeah, except by texting. So uh, he's in, he's here, and also Linda Dixon, who couldn't be with us. Linda uh, went out to eat the day before her birthday, and she became ill, and she's still ill at home today. But we could sing Happy Birthday to. Ken and Linda today. So let's just do that one more time. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Ken and Linda. Happy birthday to online this morning. Why don't you stand together and let's join our uh, hearts and our voices together in worship, singing a great old hymn of the church, There is Power in the Blood. Thank you. 
Will somebody say amen? Aren't you glad our God is large and in charge? He is ruling and he is reigning. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's praying for us even now in this service. And man, we get to be together and to enjoy his goodness and enjoy his grace. I know that you just sat down, but I'm going to tell you to stand back up, turn around, shake a hand, hug a neck. Let somebody know that you're glad to see them today. Do that. Take a moment. Do that. All right. Welcome somebody. Encourage somebody today. Amen. Now you look, you look better now. You look better now. Hey, while you are standing, while you are standing, take your Bible. Take your Bible. Look with me to Nehemiah chapter 7. Nehemiah chapter 7. Well, I love to hear the talk. I love to hear the chatter. I love you just loving on each other. That's always such an encouraging, encouraging thing for me to see. As a matter of fact, hold your Bible up and say these words with me. This is the Bible. It is God's holy, infallible, inerrant, perfect, life-giving, life-changing word. Do you believe that today? Amen. I believe that more today than I've ever ever believed it. We're all the way up to chapter 7. We know in chapter 6, verse 15 says, so the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month of El. And so now the work that, that had been uh, led out by Nehemiah in reconstructing the walls, now all the gates and bars are going to be set in place and now we're going to see a little bit of a shift. And now you're going to see Nehemiah not working on the wall and rebuilding the wall, but now he's going to rebuild the people of God. And, and he begins to show them how important each person is in the work that God has for each of us. Now, listen, listen closely. This word may not be, may not have been written to us exactly, right? I mean, you're not going to see Popper Springs in this text. Okay, you with? But it is written for us. And so there is something magnificent in this passage today that I want you to see. Now, I'm not going to take time to read the whole chapter today uh, because it's 73 verses. So you'll be relieved of that, okay? You'll beat the Methodists to lunch today, all right? Because I, I won't read the whole text. Plus, there's a lot of hard words in here, and I don't want to stumble over those. But there's three things, at least three things I want you to see in this text. So let's begin reading. Now when the wall had been built, and I set up the doors and the gatekeepers, the singers. Isn't that interesting? The singers. And the Levites had been appointed. I gave my brother Hanani, and Hanani, the governor of the castle, charge over Jerusalem. For he was a more faithful and God-fearing man than many. And I said to them, let not the gates of Jerusalem be open until the sun is hot. And while they are still standing guard, let them shut and bar the doors. In other words, he said, we're not going to do anything at night. We're going to keep the doors locked. We're going to, keep, we're going to be sure that everybody is safe. And I said to them, let not the gates of Jerusalem be open until the sun is hot. And while they're standing guard, let them shut and bar the doors. Appoint guards from among the inhabitants of Jerusalem. 
Some met their guard post and some in front of their own homes. The city was wide and large, but here's the key. The people in it were few and no houses had been built. Then my God put it into my heart. To assemble the nobles and the officials and the people to be enrolled by genealogy. And I found the book of the genealogy of those who came up at the first. And I found written in it. And then verse 6 through verse uh, 67. You're just going to get names and numbers of all the people. It's like a history lesson of all the people that had come before them. Verse 66. The whole assembly together was 42,360. Besides the male and female servants of whom there were 7,337. And they had 245 singers, male and female. Now that's a pretty good sized choir, Scott. Their horses were 736. Their mules, 245. Their camels, 435. And their donkeys, 6,720. Verse 37. Not 37, 73. So the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, and some of the people, the temple servants, and all Israel lived in their towns. And when the seventh month had come, the people of Israel were in their towns. Lord, how we thank you for today. God, we thank you and praise you that we have the, the freedoms to come and to assemble together as a body of believers right here on this location today. And God, we're so thankful for that. God, we thank you for how we can worship you. Lord, there's been worship unto you in the teaching of the Bible studies this morning. God, thank you for small groups and the encouragement that we have in our small groups. God, thank you for the worship that we've been able to, to bring to you, God, even through music and singing today. And God, we pray that we have truly, God, just lifted our voices to heaven just to, to brag on you and to glorify your name. And now, Lord, we want to worship you in spirit and in truth when it comes to not just the reading, but, Lord, the preaching of your word. Lord, your word says this is foolishness. And, Lord, I'm asking you to bless the foolishness of preaching today. God, I'm asking you today to take over my heart and my mind. I pray, Lord, that your will be done this morning through the preaching of your word. And God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would come today and grab a hold of our hearts and our minds. That God, we would know your thoughts. We would see your ways clearly. And that Lord, you would put in us a heart today that is so committed. Or to just pursuing you. And so Lord, you come and you do what only you can do. 
God, we pray that you would stir the church. We pray, God, that you would call out the committed. God, we pray that you would save someone here today that may not know you. Lord, we just want to, we just want to leave today knowing that we have been in your presence today. And God, we ask you to do what only you can do in the name that is the most powerful name. The name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you. You can be seated. One of the things that I love about Nehemiah is the fact that he saw black and white and there had absolutely no gray whatsoever. You and I live in a culture today where they want us to spend more time in the gray, not in the black and not in the white. But aren't you grateful that we, there's, there's men of God like Nehemiah, women just like Nehemiah today who understand truth, want to pursue truth. And hey, listen, you know what we need? We need a revival that our yay would be yay and our nay would be nay, right? That we don't live in the gray. There was a very, very accomplished businessman who was taking a trip and he was uh, boarding the plane. It was going to be an evening flight. And so the flight attendant came up to him and said, Sir, would you like dinner tonight? And he said, What are my options? And she said, Yes and no. I like that. I want my life to be so clear that I can make a simple yes or a no. You understand where I'm going with this? I mean, I don't want to overcomplicate anything. I don't even want to overcomplicate the work that God is doing in me and the work that God is doing in you. I pray that it would be so simple that we would see where God is moving and our yes would be right there on the table. And I love this. I see this in Nehemiah. And, 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 and he, he, he begins to interject here this, this thought of reaching back into the past and helping us understand how that relates to the future, but also the impact that it has right now today in our present. And so I want to just give you three things to consider this morning. Number one, God will put his vision for the future in our hearts. So now now you see see here's Nehemiah Nehemiah being used of God planning for the future, but it's not a plan that Nehemiah came up with on his own. I love verse 5. Then my God put it into my heart to assemble the nobles. It was God who was leading. And now all the focus has been on rebuilding the wall. And now God wanted to rebuild his people. You could perhaps call Nehemiah the very church, uh, very first urban church planter in the scriptures. And so he's desiring to see people, volunteers, to live inside the city. Why? Because he knew the city of Jerusalem needed to be reached. That God had a work to do. Church, I want you to understand clearly today that a church needs to have a burden in the area where it lives. That's a great question for today. Do you have a burden for more? Do you have a burden for Duncan, for Lyman, for Cashiers, Woodruff? I know I've missed somewhere around here. Regal? I mean, you've got a unique... You know, one of the great things, it's not like this area in the big city, although you're close to Spartanburg, you're not far from Greenville, but God has uniquely positioned you in this place. 
that, that we can have a burden for the people that are around here. And listen, some of you have been around a long time, much longer than me, and you're seeing a lot of changes that you never, ever thought you would see. And God is asking us, do we have a burden for the place around us? Are we burdened for souls around us? Those that could even be under the shadow of the steeple. And so here is Nehemiah beginning to set in motion this plan that God had put into his heart. That now that the walls were rebuilt, what needed to happen, the people were living on the outside. Now they needed to live on the inside where the action was going to be. And now he begins to set that in motion. He's thinking. He is praying. He is planning. He is visioning the future that God had put in his heart. May we become as sensitive to the leading of God as Nehemiah was in his day. May we not be guilty of a a drift to somehow, you know, the, the latest program or the ism or the schism. Do you know that running around doing a thousand things in church life doesn't mean that we've embraced the vision of God? Uh, y'all, I'm as country as country, as country can be. My, 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 my ancestors, just, just, just country, redneck, blue. I, you know, most of my, my kinfolk live in Blue Ridge. All right? No jokes. About Blue Ridge. But that's kind of where, us, that's where most of my kinfolk were. And, and I mean, I've heard all kinds of stories and, and, and vaguely remember a few of those. I can remember going and visiting people and I can remember chickens in the yard just kind of roaming around. And, and I just remember if we had chicken for lunch, there was always one less chicken than there was before we got there. Right? I mean, I didn't want to really watch this, but you know what they would do, right? They would go out and they would grab that chicken and they would wring that neck, right? And, and that, that thing, thing would just flip and flop and flip and flop, right? Let me, let me think, think about this for a second. second. The, the most, most active bird in the barnyard was the one that was getting ready to die. die. And, and just, just because, because we're busy does not mean we've embraced the vision that God wants to put in our heart. So here is Nehemiah. He is a praying man. And we have seen that all the way up to chapter 7. And we're going to see it beyond. Everything that he's doing is laced with prayer. It is God that put this in his heart. He's a man of God. He loves the word. He is feasting on the word. He prays the word. He sings the word. And because of that, this burden from the Lord comes to him. And he knows it's a true vision from God. He can see that God wants his kingdom to expand right there. He wants to see the church grow right there in Jerusalem. And friend, I'm telling you, that is the vision I believe God wants to impart to us. That's where you are right now. Can you see God's vision for the future? Can you see God working in such a way that he wants to use you to accomplish his will? That really is the bottom line. Are you living close enough to the Lord to see his will? Vision. Nehemiah is concerned. Not just about the the future, but he's concerned about the moment right then. Second thing I want you to see is this. And I didn't know how to say this any more delicately than this, so I'm going to try to unpack this. Don't forget where you came from and the people God used to help you along the way. 
So what you have in verse 6 through almost the rest of the entire chapter is a list, a genealogy. And, and, and these names may not mean anything to us, but if you had been living in that day and you were among these people that Nehemiah were leading, they knew who those people were. They were neighbors. They were grandparents. They were, they were family members. They, they, they were people that, that really, over, it's a 90-year record is what's happening. Nehemiah's looking over the past 90 years. And even though those names may not mean a lot, they, they, it meant something for them. It was like their, their list of heroes, their who, who in the faith. And Nehemiah is not being stuck in the past. He's not a fuddy-duddy that's kind of set in his ways and won't look outside the box. But Nehemiah knew strategy 101. And here it is. Our future is, is deeply dependent on our past. It is like you can look in the rearview mirror of your life and you see what God has done. And you get a glimpse of what God can and will do. So here's, so here's the man, the man of, God of God leading the people of God. He's reminded them, you are a covenant people. And God has chose you. God has saved you. You are a people of his pasture. And so he's taking a look. Church, listen, don't forget where you came from. My dad would say it this way. Boy, don't you get too big for your britches. Right? How long has it been since you walked down the hallway past the fellowship hall? You haven't done that lately. I would encourage you to do that. I walked down there today just to be reminded. 1802. Do you know how this church started? This church started in 1802 because of an old... Fact. You've never, you won't even hear. Some of you younger folks today say, Ken, how old are you? None of your business, all right? But a brush harbor. That's a word a lot of folks have never heard. Brush harbor. It was a big prayer meeting. It was kind of like a revival where everybody comes together. That's where this church started. Can you believe that? Think about that. Think about how rich that history is that you started as a result of a prayer meeting. 1802. And then in February 6, 1875, Alexander and Barnett Border gave two acres of land. Now, I, I don't know, but those names may mean something. You, 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 maybe there's a part of a family history here, and you, you see where I'm going with this, right? So our names may be different names that were listed here, but what Nehemiah is doing is saying, hey, don't forget where you came from. Remember your past. By the way, every one of us are in this room today because of the sacrifices of someone who preceded us. That's so important. That's why it's important for us to pray. That's why I've asked you to, to take this, this seven prayer for the church. And, and I don't know if you've done it or not. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand today. But perhaps next week. Give you some warning. But to pray. Say, kid, why is it important for us to pray? Because we want to be close to God. How do you get close to God? I don't know any other way than to get in His Word, to get on your knees, and to get in His presence. 
That's how we started. And I'm telling you, there's something unique about what God is doing now. And He's not going to reveal the complete vision until we are in a place that we are close to Him. Thank God for the past. If I had time today, I'd read Psalm 105. And I won't do that, but just mark that somewhere. Go home today, read Psalm 105. The long list of names may be boring to us today, but it wasn't boring to them. It was their honor roll. He did not want them to forget the kind of people that they used to be. It wasn't just enough to, to live a peaceable life outside of Jerusalem. It wasn't enough just to be a farmer and have the, 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 you know, the, the cows and the chickens. It wasn't enough just to, to, to be a plumber or electrician or a teacher. It wasn't enough. He says, you, you, God uses all those things because it's a part of who you are, but... You are the people of God. You are a covenant people. I'm in the covenant. You in the covenant? Has God saved you? Has God changed you? Have you come to a place in your life that you know for certain that you have eternal life? Have you trusted Him to be your personal Lord and Savior? If the answer to that question is yes, then my friend, you are a covenant believer. And every promise in the Word of God has a yes beside it because of Jesus, right? And then as you look in the rearview mirror of your life, you see how God has uniquely shaped you and brought people into your life that helped you, kept you accountable. I had no idea that two of my dear friends would be here today. I just think that is just God working. I had no idea. Until Adam, you sent Pat a text. But I had no idea that Michael Cruz and Sam Green would be here today. And those two men know more about me. As, well, I'll say this. They know as much about me as Pat knows about me. Y'all remember me a few weeks ago telling you there are a handful of guys around the globe that know me as much as Pat knows me? Well, there's two of them right there. Now, that, that does not mean you, you need to go ask them any questions about me after the service. <laughs> Although, if you want to, go ahead. Just, just go for it. Donna, I know you're going to do it, so just go ahead and go for it. I think about where I am now, and I'm telling you, it's, it's men like this who have helped keep me accountable. Who can can look look at me and and say, that's that's a dumb dumb idea. idea. That's That's the wrong direction. direction. I'm I'm, I'm so so thankful thankful that I could sit down and make make a list list of people people who have been heroes of faith to me. And And you know what, church? You could could probably do the same thing, thing, right? So So Nehemiah is saying, hey, don't don't forget where you came from. Don't forget the people who have sacrificed and and given so much in the economy of God that God uses that for His good and for His glory and for the edification of His people. Don't forget. You know, sometimes we forget, don't we? Baptists are the only people that I know that can strut and sit down at the same time. We can do that, can't we? 
Don't forget where God brought you from. And don't forget the people whom God used to get you where you are. So, Kim, why is that important? I'll tell you why. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Because when you can look at your past, it can give you an indication of what God may be doing and setting you up for your future but he does it in the present. He does it now. Third thing I want you to see, remembering the past and anticipating the future helps us understand the present. So as you look back in the rearview mirror and you see all these things, you see how that God is using, you understand how that God is uniquely shaping you. That's why, I mean, it, doesn't it seem a little odd that you would see like all these different names and how many were in everybody's family. And then by the time you get, you see the totals and then he even counted the, the animals. And I mean, that just kind of seems crazy. And then if you keep reading in verse 70 and on, it even talks about how much money that people get. Now, now, I know that's, that's a touchy subject, didn't it? But God just knows that where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. And the heart of these people were for God. And they saw themselves in an extension of God's hand. And they understood that now they're being reminded of just to remember the past. They can anticipate the future that God has for them. But it helps them to understand the necessity of the present. And church, now is a good time in the life of Poplar Springs to take a good inventory of the present. Because God does have a plan. God does have a future. Right? There is somewhere he is taking this church. If you will go. I made this statement once since I've been here. Let me make it again. If you want, God will find somebody else who will. I mean, the sake of the gospel is not... I mean, you understand the weight of that, right? If you will be a people that God, will, that God can entrust, that you will be committed, that you will do whatever it takes to accomplish His will through His goodness and His grace. And you see, it's really not what we do. It's what God does in us and through us, right? It's, it's about being available. It's to say, God, I will give you everything. So that's why there can't be conflict. You understand, you understand that nobody, nobody wants to come to a church, church where there's present-day present conflict. conflict. Right? That's no good. We can't be a church that's more in love with our past than we are with the future. Thank God for the past, but I'm telling you, let it be a school mom of where we're going. But you can't live there. You can't be afraid to risk for the sake of what might be. So can, can, you, can you tell us for certain? Can you look into a crystal ball somewhere? No, don't have one. Don't have a crystal ball. I don't even have an eight ball. Y'all remember the eight balls? You know, you ask a question, turn it over on that. But I do have the Bible. Right? You know what the Bible says about itself? Heaven and earth can pass away, but His Word is going to stand forever. 
And so, and so, so, so we, we can, can be, be a people of faith who will trust God at his word because we know his word is true and every promise has a yes beside it because we don't serve a dead deity, we serve a risen Savior. So there's a yes beside every promise. So why would we be afraid of what we don't know necessarily as long as we know who is in charge of that future? Can't be the kind of church that talks more than we act. I've seen that. Have you ever seen that? It's easy to talk. Talk is what? Cheap. True. But can we act on what we say? Can't be afraid to move forward. And, 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 and certainly, listen, I'll stop with this one. We have to be sure that we're less focused on growth and more focused on God. I know a lot of churches that grow and they're about an inch deep and a mile wide. There is more cotton on a Q-tip than they got theology in their doctrine. It's very man-centered. It is soulish. No, it's really not even soulish. I would call it demonic. It is a false gospel based upon man being in charge. Friend, I'm just telling you, we, 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 we've got to be more focused on God than even growth. Do healthy things grow? I believe that. But our focus has to be on God. Why? That's exactly what happened to Nehemiah. How else could he say this? Then my God put it into my heart. Stay close and stay clean. Get with God. Sit at his feet. Be like Mary. Choose the good part. Well... I guess I'll wrap it up by saying this. Kind of where he leaves us in chapter 7 is really like a question. It's almost saying, hey, your genealogy, your history of the people who came before you, we see their sacrifice, we see their acts of grace, We see the truth that they stood on and believed and were willing to give everything up for. But the question is, can the same thing be said about us one day? We're all leaving a testimony of some type, right? All of us are a person of influence, whether you believe that or not. You've got somebody looking at you. You've got somebody walking in you. Hey, you've got grandkids that want to get in your shoes, right? We went and hung out with three of our grandkids yesterday. I wrestled all day long. I slept 
like a rock last night. And they'll say things like, I love you, Opa. Come do this, Opa. And then whatever Opa does, they want to do, right? They want to wear your shoes. They want to put on your jacket. They want to... That's sweet. But it's also very intimidating. So if today God produced an Ezra to write down you as Nehemiah, what would be penned? What would the record reflect? Do you trust him? Do you love him? Do you know him? Do you want him? Do you pursue him? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to stop playing church and become the church? And to be everything that Jesus died for you to be? So Lord, today, we just come before you and God, we're so amazed at your word and the accuracy of your word. Lord, today we've taken a text that, God, if we're not careful, we could just glance over, overlook. It just seems like a bunch of names and numbers. But God, there's a story behind every name. There is an issue behind every number. And that should tell every person who is a member of Poplar Spring Baptist Church that they have an appointed part in your work and in your mission. And so, Lord, my prayer today is that if someone is here today and they've been nervous about putting their yes on the table, I pray that today all that doubt would be removed. And that our commitment to say, Lord, whatever you have in store, I want to say yes. I believe you. I trust you. I will be committed to stay with you in your word. God, I will trust you. Lord, I pray that many today would say, God, I do trust you. And God, I want the testimony of my life that that if someone were to read, they would know that God, I have been committed to you. God, it doesn't mean that we are perfect. It doesn't mean that we don't have issues. It doesn't mean that we don't all have some, some, some things that, Lord, We are so grateful that grace has covered all the mess in our life. All the sin, all the transgressions, all the ugliness of that sin. Thank you that it's under the blood of Jesus. God, that you want to use us even in our frailty, God. When we are weak, you are strong. And so God, my prayer that many in the body today would say, Okay, Lord, I'm ready. I am ready. Thank you for our past. Thank you for the future. But right now, today, I say yes. God, maybe there's someone in this congregation that has never trusted you. And if today were their death day, they would be eternally separated from you. 
And God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would draw them to yourself and they would simply cry out today, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And that God, you would save them and change them for all eternity. That God, they would become a part of your covenant ever, forever family. Lord, Maybe somebody needs to join this fellowship today. God, I just don't know exactly how you may speak to people, but I'm asking you to speak and to draw people to yourself today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Scott, this praise team, our musicians, they're going to lead us in a, in a time of invitation, a song that I know that you know. But I hope the familiarity of this song will not get lost. I mean, I want you to really think about what you're singing. And I'm going to ask something of you today. If you're here today, you say, Ken, I, I want to see God move. I'm thankful for the past. I, I believe God has, has a future for us. And, but I want Him to overwhelm me right now in this prayer. I want to say yes to whatever the Lord has. I want you to come. And I literally, I want you to come and find a place around this altar. And let's, we're going to, I just want to, I want to pray us out today. I don't care if it's one. I don't care if it's two. I don't care if it's a hundred. Doesn't matter to me. Doesn't matter. But you're saying, I believe that God is not done, that God has a will, and I'm thankful for what He's done in the past, but I know that God, there's something God wants me right now to lay at His feet. I'm asking you to come. And then if anybody else is here today and you need Jesus, I'm telling you, I'll be right here, and it'd be my great joy to introduce you to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So, Scott, you lead us, and let's trust Him. Trust Him.
we trust that that is the, the cry of our heart today. That God, we would surrender, that we would trust, that we would believe you. That you are God and besides thee there is none other. That you have already given us the mission. We don't have to create it. You've given it. You can place it in our heart. And God, you can give us moment by moment and day by day the instruction that we need. That God, we would be a people who would take the very gospel and live it and speak it and sing it and pray it in such a way that God, we would watch you work right here in Moore and in Reedville and Duncan, Lyman, Spartanburg County. God, that we would just make your name great and that, God, you would fan the flame of evangelism and discipleship and, God, that we would we would see a spiritual awakening take place in this area and the only explanation could be you. And so, Lord, hear our hearts today. God, I know that many have prayed, many stood where they were to pray just to say, God, I say yes. And that, God, we will trust you. And so, Lord, we give this to you, and we trust you with it, and we trust you for it, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you just remain standing for a moment? I'm going to ask Kim to have one announcement about VBS. All right, PBS starts tonight. If you are volunteering and you've not received an email from me, I'd send it. If you didn't get it, please let me know. It has some important information in there. Um, also, we are having a meeting, a brief meeting tonight with all the volunteers about 4.30. Just a time of prayer, a time to make sure everybody knows where everybody's going. Um, so if you can be there at 4.30, we'll just meet in the fellowship hall um, to pray. Um, there'll be people here this afternoon decorating if you want to come help. Finishing that up as well. Also, our kids have been this morning have been selling donuts and coffee to help raise money for. They're going to. We got a group going to camp in August, and I'm guessing there's still some donuts left. So if you would like to, there's nine boxes left. So if you would like to purchase a box on the way out, make a donation of ten boxes. No, ten dollars a box. Ten dollars a box. If you'd like to purchase some on the way out. Um, please do. And all of that goes to help the kids who are going to camp. Thank you. But um, Pastor Ken's going to come with an announcement. I was so thankful. I want you to know that Dreamer and some of those kids brought me a snack pack. But since I could not eat the donuts, Chip told his kids that if I ate one, I would die. And so uh, they brought me stuff and I resisted eating my popcorn while he was preaching. You're a good man. Hey, I, I should have done this earlier. And just honestly, when I get up here, I'm... Um, Oh, I'm sorry. I got one gear, all right? And, uh, but um, I've met with uh, Brother Donnie. Donnie is our deacon team leader and uh, some great men there. But I spoke with Donnie because that's what your bylaws say to do. And um, met also with the church council and got their blessing. So I wanted to announce today that next Sunday... Uh, you're, you're going to be asked to prayerfully consider and write down names of five people that you believe uh, God would use to serve on the pastor search team. All right, so it's time to it's time to engage. It's time to, to go on with that. And so I'm going to ask you this week: take those seven prayer things really to heart. 
Ask God for wisdom, ask God for clarity, and then this coming Sunday, you'll be asked to list five. Then in the following two weeks, we're going to confirm that there are at least ten people who are willing to say yes. And then on the first Sunday in August, uh, you'll get those ten names, you'll circle five, and those folks will serve as your pastor search team. All right? So uh, pray about that, and I know that's going to be wonderful. As you're leaving today, there's two ways to give. There'll be men at the door, and then there will, are the two black boxes and the portico as you leave. You may feel more comfortable in dropping your offerings there. Also, I know that you still have ballots. There are going to be men at the door, and if you can just give them uh, the ballots from today. Uh, if, you want to, if you want to ask somebody to take yours, that's fine, so everybody doesn't have to do it, but that's where. And we, we pray, and we're dismissed. God bless you.